Yep. Good man. Yeah, all remembered. Right. Okay. Oh, even <laughs> the first line of the notes is even wrong. There we go. Right. Now I've got to adjust for that. Space time. The ever-expanding frontier. These are the records of the most needlessly complicated rewatch of the Star Trek franchise ever. Its mission, to locate every second and contemplate every eon, from outside time to the Big Bang, all the way to the end of all existence. To do what no sane entity has ever done before. This is the Temporal Trek Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Temporal Trek Podcast. Uh, We are back. It is season two, episode 3.7, as far as the podcast, not 3.8, as my notes say here. And season two, episode 10 of Picard. It is the final episode of season two. Uh, The episode is called Farewell. I'm tentatively titling this Farewell and Thank Q. See what I did there? Um, but uh, uh, as always, I am not alone in reviewing any of these episodes and still on the line. Six weeks later, after we last recorded, uh, still on the line is Dan. Dan, are you there? I am. Yeah. And bizarrely, my phone is ringing, <laughs> which is really weird because um, I don't know why it is, because we've got rid of our phone and we've only just got it back. And someone's <laughs> ringing us. It's um, the phone. I'm going to ignore that. So. I just that's you know this is my busy Star Trek life you see this this that's Admiral Picard calling me that's it that's probably what it is yeah or or it's my future self calling in from like two weeks recording from now yeah trying to set it all up again so that's probably what it is yeah so uh, just ignore me that's fine I'm either uh, trying to get you on one of these calls or selling your PPI and that's pretty much it yeah that's probably what it is mate (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but yes, uh, peering behind the curtain of the episode and, and our recording, um, we've been away for six weeks for the summer. Um, how have you been, Dan? I've been very well, thank you. Yeah, good. I've started a new job, which yeah. is cool. Um, so yeah, um, just settling into that. So yeah, all good, really. Yeah. Nice. You're about a month in as we're recording yep. now. Uh, you feel like, you know, you're getting your, your space there. You're going, getting it all together. Nice. Yeah, I'm starting to settle in. I'm getting to know people and stuff. And yeah, I feel a bit more comfortable. You know what it's like when you start. It's, uh, mm-hmm. it's always a bit difficult, but it's good. It's a nice place to be. Nice, yeah. nice people and stuff. So it's been really good. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Speaking of nice people and getting to know them, that's what the episode should be. That's the best transition I could try and think of. <laughs> I was trying to, I've been racking my brains over six weeks. Like after six weeks, what exactly is my transition? Cause I've forgotten yes. all of the themes. Yeah. I've forgotten where the characters are. I have no idea where we are. So uh, yeah, that's the best transition I could make. Um, so yeah, as always business as usual, we're going to go scene by scene under our L cars system. It's been six weeks. So I'm pretty much reminding myself how exactly yes. we do these episodes, but our L cars system has expanded over the years. Uh, locate the, point in time we review it scene by scene with the timestamps and all that kind of stuff i kind of describe the scene and then we sort of break it down and see if we had any thoughts on it um uh, and if there's anything we can sort of mine it for maybe temporal timey-wiminess after that we then tend to do uh, continuity when we're in time travel mode. So if we're looking back in time travel for Star Trek, uh, what is the continuity? Does it set up something that leads to A, B and C later on? Uh, or could it help explain something 
that happens later on that has no unintended consequence. Uh, consequences is something we do in other seasons to come. So timey-wiminess, we're traveling forward into season three. You know, what was the action taken in this episode that has a consequence later for Star Trek? Slightly different. Uh, then we've got alterations, expansions. That's kind of us just, you know, uh, shooting the breeze, you know, you know, in our infinite wisdom as the uh, most amazing creative talents out there talking about Star Trek, you know, how would we change things? What would we like to see differently? What, what extra things do you think need to be added to the episode? Uh, then we've got recommendations. Do we recommend to Star Trek fans as a good episode of Star Trek and to new Star Trek fans trying to bring people into the fandom? We don't gatekeep here. Is it a good, a good way? Is it a first you know, first take, the first one's free, try and get people hooked on Star Trek. And then it's set up and selling. Basically, all we do there is just make sure you can find us in all our other places and other pod spheres and setting up for the next week's episode if it all chronologically works out, which sometimes it doesn't. Um, but we are going to begin at two minutes and 19 seconds. We don't do recaps because that's outside the Star Trek universe and we don't do the intros. We've covered that. That was episodes ago. Go back and listen to it. Um, but we are opening up at our favourite place, Chateau Picard. <laughs> uh, Picard's talking about how he remembered the, the chateau when he's back over that the place got shot up and that these are the bullet holes from uh, last week's when we were having our home alone running around the chateau or hobbling around the chateau as we found out last week um, he, he seems to remember a story in the family about it being shot up no mention of skeletons in the wall no mention of uh, you know maybe thinking why did it get shot up you know who turned up what why are there SWAT teams uh, destroying a chateau in the middle of France for no reason. Um, but uh, they are talking about the prophecy we got. There needs to be two Renés, one that lives and one that dies. Um, and there are two now missions as well. Uh, Seven, Raffi and Rios end up taking down Sung or going after Sung. And Picard, not really according to plan, and Talon are going to go and find René. And it's up to the credits. Any thoughts on the setup? Do you know what? I've been moaning about Shadow Picard, but I actually, this episode, I can live with Shadow Picard. It was all yep. right. Yeah. <laughs> You're right, though. That whole bullet thing, what was that all about? I don't know. <laughs> but it was cool. Yeah. Um, I, I like the setup. I like, um, I really like, I know it's a silly little thing, but I really like the uh, transporter that Talon has. Yes. Just the, little, the, the effect of it. I've, it's really cool. Mm. I yes. really love, I do really love that callback to um, um, Mission, uh, not Mission Earth, what's it called? Um, yeah, um, op Operation is... Um, operation, no, hang on, what's it called? That's no, terrible, God. Isn't it? Assignment Earth, there we go. Assignment Earth, that's it, I knew there was something going on with Earth. <laughs> it's been a six yeah. weeks, people, we're out of this, we're just <laughs> yeah. trying to get back in, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I really like that. Um, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, having the conversation saying that he remembers it being shot up, you know, I would have thought that would be a quite big family story to explain why there are bullet holes in the wall. Yeah. Uh, but I suppose, you know, a kid, if they explain it to him, he's not, he's interested in the gun aspect, maybe if he's one of those kind of kids, uh, but maybe that wouldn't get passed down. So maybe he wouldn't have that. I know we've had a big problem with him recalling some of his family history, but seems to yeah. be completely clueless about other bits. Uh, but that one I can kind of pass off that. That makes yeah. sense. You know, he's talk talking about a building that's not as interesting as maybe the people. Um, and we do have, uh, them talking about prophecies and uh, riddles and things like that. 
yeah okay you know my thing about fate and, and all that kind of stuff i kind of like my heroes to figure it out for themselves i'm not a big thing of like someone hands them a riddle and they have to figure it out yeah i just it's i like it the other way around i don't know why it's just my old hang up um i do think that when they beam out of the picard uh shatter picard and then go into her apartment where are teresa and ricardo because didn't ah, we okay. leave them there last time didn't like didn't he go like the little kid went into shock? He should be laying in a bed somewhere. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Perhaps like, they're in the loo or something. Oh, maybe that's it. Maybe just didn't hear the toilet flush over the, the yeah. beaming sound. That's probably what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It just felt like you know, we we left them last week where they were watching the ship taking off and they thought that they lost and then won. And it, merely an hour maybe has passed. I just feel like, where did they go? Like, did mm. they figure out the transporter themselves and now they're just yeah. walking around Shanghai and they've got the wrong coordinates. I mean, I just, I don't know. Um, but there we go. So we've got Picard sort of going off with Talon uh, and doing this whole mission. So this is two things going on at the same time, but because it chops, chops and changes, I'm not going to be doing timestamps. I'm not going to just look at one track and then the other. It, it's all happening at the same time, just in different time zones. Uh, so after the credits, we come in and there's this zoom shot, the CGI from sort of Europa all the way back to Earth as the uh, rocket is about to take off. And it seems quite apt because as we're recording right now, Artemis 1 is still sitting on the, uh, the SLS pad uh, over at NASA. So this is NASA's return to the moon. And it feels kind of fitting that we're talking about this uh, important launch for 2024 um are you a space buff do you like your nasas do you like your space history that sort of thing not really actually strangely um a little bit i suppose but i i don't know no i'm not really a space buff no hmm. no i almost did i almost did astronomy at, at university but um ah. believe it or not but um yeah um but i'm not really into sort of going into space i don't know why because hmm. it's all sort of what's leading to Star Trek, hopefully. Very true. <laughs> so very I true. Be very much into it, and I think a lot of Star Trek fans are actually. But um, no, I've never really been been one for that. I'm just like, yeah, well done. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm a huge space buff. I'm one of those people who just absolutely loves it. Um, I was just out in Florida, and yes. I was I was already going to miss the Artemis launch, even if it had gone ahead on that day um by one day which was very annoying uh, you know i was kind of glad that there was a, a little delay because now it meant that i was never going to see it no matter what so that's absolutely fine um but i, I think it's you know it's, it's one of those weird quirks when we're recording there's normally something happening out in the world that has something to do with the episode and today yeah. is exactly the the same artemis is still sitting there there's still i believe a crack in the fuel tank or something like that that's stopping it from being launched and we're also talking about a launch to Europa, a special space mission. It did make me think we had a conversation a couple of weeks ago about um, who would we want to cameo in mm. episodes of Star Trek. Kind of felt like that could have been an easy win. Maybe get someone in from NASA, some big face yeah. that we already kind of know. Yep. Um, maybe not your Buzz Aldrin's, but, you know, somebody yep. else, someone who has a bit of weight behind them. You go like, oh, yeah, I know them. They're, they're... Maybe not your Elon Musk's because this is... <laughs> Yeah, that's problematic in its own thing. But, you know, uh, someone who is recognisable as a space hero, maybe, or someone like that. Mm. Um, Do you know, I think, I think I've just been thinking about why I'm not into space, really. And I think, actually, I think it's because I just go into space <laughs> at the moment. 
if I was living in the 60s, maybe I'd be really excited by the moon landings and stuff. And I think if they went back to the moon or when they go to Mars and stuff, that that would I'll intrigue me. Mm. Going into space and flying around for a bit and then coming back down again is a bit it's a bit done, a bit boring. I know that's that's ridiculous <laughs> thing to say, really, but you know, you know I get all, you. We've all been to space, haven't we? I mean, yeah. who hasn't been to space? I mean, come on. <laughs> it's no different from being in a plane, going around, and then coming exactly. back down again. Yeah, it's just a little bit higher up. Cool, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's yeah. I see what you mean. Like, there's there, there doesn't seem be seem to be that exploration. Mm. Uh, uh, a side of it there's no pioneering at the moment yeah. we're still doing the same things we've already done for the last yeah. 40 50 years um yeah no i completely get that it i think when we set foot on mars i think that will yeah. be the the changing point i think that yeah. will open up people's imaginations um more talk about fate hating uh prophecies because there's always down to many interpretations as picard says unreliable borg sources you know what if she was telling us something false um, but Talon seems to be, you know, yeah, this is my choice. I'm going to be doing this. You don't get to decide for me. Uh, any thoughts on that before we move on? Um, I, I like that. I think um, it's very much Picard. Mm. Picard is quite controlling, I think, in some ways. Mm. He's a very sort of caring captain. But he does have this need for control, which I think um, maybe in a way this season has sort of has taught us more about why and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think he does have a, you know, he's a very not, I don't know if controlling is not quite the right word because he's not, you know, but he's very much involved. He's very much his way is right. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he, he's a, you know, he's a very moral man mm-hmm. and he believes very mm-hmm. much in his, in his morality. Yeah. You know, and um, and I think it's a very understandable reaction for Picard. You know, he he cares for Tallinn mm. because of, you know, her, the fact that she looks just like um, whatever her name was. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so, you know, he has a connection to her very much right from the start. He had a connection to her mm. and, you know, he doesn't want her to die, obviously, you know, which is perfectly normal. But yeah, so I think it makes a lot of sense for Picard to, to be very determined to stop her. Mm. But also in a way, the fact that he doesn't stop her is mm. also quite Picard as well. Cause I think he's a sort of believer in everyone following their own destiny and true. And that true. sort of thing. But mm. yeah. So I think it worked really well. Actually. In fact, I think this whole episode is very good. It's very strange. Mm. Cause I haven't watched any Picard since we last recorded. <laughs> So coming back to this episode without really having the other episodes fresh in my mind, this is a very much almost like a standalone episode for me. Mm-hmm. And I, I really quite enjoyed it, actually. I thought it was a very good episode. And all the beats for it really hit for me. Mm. Yeah, I Likewise, I was feeling the same. I don't know whether that's because we had that six-week break and it isn't fresh. Does it make it feel more like an episode and if we went back and applied that same thing to every episode, would it be different? Um, I'm not going to do that. Uh, I'm sure you don't want to do that. Uh, but um, yeah, it just makes me think, what well, if you watched one episode at a time, maybe it does change your perception of the episode. Um, but yeah, I mean, Picard's a, a man of duty, man of honor. He's ordered people to sacrifice themselves for the greater good. 
so yes he does understand her duty but also like you say he is that he likes to have that plan i think he seems to have that that way that he will engineer a solution in his mind and that's how things will go he doesn't seem to like as i don't like giving over to fate and destiny and being told that what and what he's supposed to do he, he likes to make it up for himself um Sung Mansion, that's where we go next. And uh, Sung isn't actually there. He's actually mm. at the launch as well. Uh, but he know he knows that they were coming for him, that uh, Rios and Rafi or uh, some team are going to come after him. And he set up some attack drones. Da, da, da. So he's basically taken that canopy thing that was protecting Corey and turned them or weaponized them uh, to some uh, way. They talk about, you know, let's just destroy them. And then Rafi's saying, well, they might be tamper-proof. They could explode and they'll go off. And it's like, well, he's a bad guy. Destroy his house. There's no one in the house. Like, blow it up. Uh, you know, a set of phaser to remote detonate after, you know, 30 seconds. Plonk, plonk it onto the drone. Mm. You, you've got, like, five minutes before they take off. There's a, there's a countdown. Blow them up. Like, why do we go through this whole fake drama of, oh, no, we've got to take him down. We've got to, you know, be smart and solutions. Like, no, blow it up. Like, take his whole house down. It's completely detached. It, we're not in England here. It's not like if you blow up one house, it's going to have a chain reaction <laughs> to all the rest. That he's in, a you know, a beach uh, or by the side of California, one tiny explosion in a lab that's underground, probably not going to affect the building upstairs. So just blow it up. Um, any thoughts? <laughs> Do you know what? I think you should be sitting in the writer's room, just as this little sort of... I have, I have an image of you sort of sat hunched. And saying, no, no, that's not good. Blow it up. I'm starting to sound like Malcolm, actually. You are, uh, actually, you're right. Sorry. That, uh, that's oh, no. Insult, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but this sort of angry, sort of angry presence. <laughs> Blow it up. Take him out. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Yes, it's Star Trek. Yes, they have to be peaceful, but just blow it up. It's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it just, I don't know. I'm not buying into the drama on this bit. I have to say, of, of all the parts of this episode, this seemed like the, the least interesting to me because mm. there's just this tension of taking out the drones and you've got three characters being given over to this mission. I just felt like they should have been given more. I don't know why. Like mm. you've got a ranger, you've got an ex Borg who's going through an identity crisis, and you've got who was a captain, uh, Rios captain, and is sort of going through this other live love crisis. Should I stay or should I go in in time? It, there's so much more they could be doing. I feel, or they should have gone with Picard and Talon. That like, there shouldn't be this other threat. They should have dealt with Sung himself. They they could have actually tracked him down on site. They take care of Sung. And Picard and Talon make sure that Rene gets to the rocket. Um, I don't know. It just felt like there's mm. two separate things and I'm not as invested in one as I am in the other. Yeah, I sort of understand. I think the, 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 the thing I found with that scene, I quite enjoyed it really, but that whole sort of Raffi looks at the looks at the, the equipment and then instantly knows it's, it's rigged to blow up. <laughs> and instantly knows she can't get, you know, and there's that sort of, it's a very Star Trek thing really, you know, that, but, do you know what I mean? It's a bit like when they, they come to an alien spaceship and instantly know how to pilot it because, you know, <laughs> they obviously read an alien language they'd never encountered before, you know. <laughs> it's a bit of that. But yeah. I can live with that. Again, I, as I say, I think I enjoyed the episode enough to let it get away with a couple of little sort of, you know, little things like that. Mm -hmm. It's the, you know, it's the trip training. 
part of uh, you know Starfleet Academy 101. You have to do your engineering courses, so that's probably what it is. Uh, back at the launch site, um, Talon uh, steals a uniform. Um, we're not entirely sure where Picard is. He just seems mm. to d- disappear in this scene. Um, he's not sort of doing anything or being proactive. I felt like I still wanted, you know, not necessarily any words, but just having him skulking around sort of Mission Impossible style, trying to avoid security or something like that. Um, or or pretending to be an astronaut because hmm. like people assuming that because he's an older man on a on a launch site that he's actually one of the astronauts and maybe they ferry him over and he sits down next to Buzz Aldrin you know that ha- that's where you get your cameo in I just felt like you know they just assume he's an old space hand and because he would have a conversation about oh yeah looking down on the planet was just fantastic and all this sort of stuff and we get the same conversation he had in first contact with Lily but with a cameo. I just, I kind of felt like that's what I wanted there. I just wanted that would a, be like, cool. a little Picard moment. Uh, but that obviously comes into our alterations later. Um, Sung is throwing his weight around. So we do find out that Sung is there and he's just being an ass. I yeah. hate people like this. Yeah. yeah. I have dealt with people like this before. Um, this isn't a Karen. This isn't like a, you know, that, that personality who, because they're in a customer service relationship, they're saying, you have to do what I say. It's the person who says, I am better than you and I know it. And they they force or are trying to force you to do something because they've they've got money. And yeah. I just oh I can't stand those people. No. <laughs> yeah, okay. There we go. I was just gonna ask, like, what what was your feelings? Like as a Sung family trait, it's yes. clear that nobody should like this man. Uh, your thoughts on him. Well, yeah, I think you're right. And he is an arsehole, isn't he, really? Let's be honest. <laughs> Regardless of his attempts to sort of change the world so that he's the ultimate leader, he's still just, you know, he's just a bit of an arse full stop, isn't he, really? Mm-hmm. But also, like, this idea of breaking quarantine on the last day. Yeah. I mean, that's a really weird thing. <laughs> They've put these these astronauts into quarantine for, like, a week or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And then the day, literally the day they're going to launch, they just go, oh, don't worry about it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and they're going to launch. And they're going to be stuck in a, a in a cabin together for like three months or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a very bizarre idea, I have to say. And again, that's it's you know it lets the story happen. But I I think that that again, if you're being pernickety and if you want to sort of pick holes in it, then that's that's a big hole. I think that's that doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense really. Yeah, unfortunately. Especially when he says, like, did my, my money not buy yeah. five minutes? And I was like, yeah. well, your money doesn't stop germs. I'm not that exactly. Yeah. don't quite understand. Like, you can you can be as generous as you want to this program, but unfortunately, you are going to kill our astronauts if you meet them for yeah. five minutes. Um, like, yeah, you could have had maybe a decon sequence. You know, he has to walk through something and then they, they you know, uh, take him down. Um, but yeah, yeah, just oh, he infuriated me there. But again, credit to Brent Spiner. He... he plays an infuriating character very well he does yeah. <laughs> um we then get the scene between renee and talon and we find out that actually she has seen her a couple of times that mm. talon wasn't invisible to her uh, we'd already kind of heard that there were ways that she'd crept in she'd get left the sailboat um, necklace which has played its way through the, the season as well not a big thing but still an element that talon went beyond her mission but it seems that Rene actually does remember and, and, and knows the face. Um, there's a lot of talk here about, you know, uh, you know, I will protect you. This is my mission. This is what I'm here to do. Do you feel that was believable or do you feel like Rene should have just ran screaming and tried to get security and stuff like that? No, I think it was very believable, actually. I really enjoyed this scene. I'm not one for sort of 
you know sentimentality but i thought it was a very good scene there was there was it felt very genuine her her care for renee her you know desire to to keep her safe felt very very real to me mm. i thought she did that the actress was excellent in that scene mm. very believable and i think you know like with renee i think you're right if if renee had never seen her had never sort of had any inclination that maybe there was something going on then maybe she would have just gone what the you know and, and gone off but mm. i think she had enough of a connection enough of a sort of hang on this yeah this makes sense or you know that enough to keep her sort of like what's going on here you know mm. i don't understand and and so i think again i i think that was it was probably the best acted scene in the whole episode actually mm. yeah i think there was a lot of good good scenes in this this episode but i think um, this was very good Mm. yeah no, i agree it was there was a, a not a mothering but like you know the mm. distant aunt that you haven't seen for a while that kind of feeling to it so yeah i was you know uh, i was with you on that one it, it wouldn't feel uh right if she'd ran off screaming and tried to get security and then she had to stop her and there was like a, you know a bit of a fighty fighty you know the nerve pinch and that sort of thing it, yeah. it, it made sense that it was a very calm conversation um Back at the Sioux Mansion, they're trying to um, uh, stop the drones, but then they launch, and then we go back to the launch site. And basically, the tension is building up over there. Um, back at the launch site, uh, Sung shows up and meets Renee, maybe. But there's something weird about Renee. She's not quite moving the way she does. She's not talking the way she does. Who could think what was going on there? Um, at this point, did you feel you kind of knew what the... The plan no, was... I didn't actually. Not when I ah, first watched it. Not when I first watched it. It didn't occur to me, which is really weird because you know, it's such a clunking um, sort of thing. You know, two Renes, one must live and one must die. You know, I was sort of thinking timelines and stuff. Right, right. That's what I was thinking. Like, you know, it's, it's a separate timeline. I don't know. You know, I didn't really. But yeah, and then of course it's it's sort of obvious when it happens, and you go, oh yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. But no, I I was thinking timelines. On that ah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. They make like a duplicate and things like that. Yeah, I think I don't know something about the way they looked at each other back at Chateau Picard. It was almost like yeah, she knew she had a capability that could do that, yeah. and Picard realizes it as well. That's why he goes with her. I, I kind of I felt like they were going to use the holographic face thing um at that point how they were going to do it i wondered if they were going to sort of like you know a mission impossible it and pull the mask off or you know that sort of thing but um you know the fact she goes completely through with it and makes him believe he's won and just lets him walk away she doesn't apprehend him she doesn't stop him even though she probably could she's a romulan like she'd be able to physically like yeah restrain him in some way um you know, I felt like that could have also been quite satisfying. You know, she would have called security and then done it that way. I suppose the only problem with that is there's a risk that he will then go back and try again. Mm, true. The, the sort of clever thing about that is that, you know, he, he does it because he's obviously he's just murdered somebody. Mm. So he's not going to hang around. He gets away as quick as he can. So he's, you know, so if she had revealed in any way that she wasn't Renee, mm. He may have twigged on that and 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 sort of gone. Okay, I've I've got to go back in and, and finish the job properly. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, and especially with her dying, she was you know obviously weakened really quickly. So she may not have been able to 
to do it. Sort of physically apprehend him enough to stop him going after the real Renee. Mm. That, and think about that, though. She was taken out very quickly by this neurotoxin, but she isn't human. It, you know, would it have worked the same way? You know, <laughs> this is us calling out to, um, you know, Spinal Trek. You know, is that there? You know, oh, she would die. She wouldn't <laughs> die. She's a Romulan. She's got green blood. She don't have red blood. No, don't work that way. <laughs> um, sorry, oh, channeling my uh, my inner horrible Trek fan there. Ugh, there. Um, but um, this is, yeah, to the Spinal Trek uh, podcast, you know, uh, yes. is it believable that neurotoxins work the exact same way on different species? You know, he hasn't accounted for that. He doesn't know that this is Romulan Rene. This isn't uh, normal Rene. Um, I don't know. It just makes me think. What if there is some way that she didn't actually die? But there we go. Um, the card finds free. Oh, she comes back. That could be interesting. Yeah, the 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 uh, revenge of Talon. There we go. The other problem, of course, is, and I was thinking this last night was um, when I was watching it last night. We've got um, Talon, and we've got the other dude from Carbon Creek. Yes, lying dead somewhere. Mm-hmm. 20 years <laughs> possibly possibly unless they collected him back in the, the 1980s yeah. when oh we yes were maybe yeah, yeah looking at the, the flashbacks with old uh, wells young wells um but yeah i mean yeah there's a uh, romulan and a vulcan at the same time on earth potentially yeah. uh yeah that's interesting um so what do they do with the bones I, I, where did they bury her did, is she buried at chateau picard what what's going on there um I don't know. It's that's very good, but maybe that's. I don't know. Did Daris know that when she came back to Chateau uh, Picard? Is this like a family thing that it's passed down? How would she find out? I don't know, but mm, that's interesting. Yeah, but uh, the launch does take place, and uh, that's when we get the reveal. Oh, it's Talon because she deactivates it and she dies in Picard's arms. But she is happy that she at least got to meet Renee and let her know that she was there the whole way through her life. And quite sweet, again, sentimental, like you say, but a sweet moment and just a completion to that character's arc. Is it satisfying as a finisher for this character that we've known for season two? Yeah, I think so. I think it makes sense. Yeah, I'm Mm. quite happy with it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It explains why she wouldn't come back to the future with them or stay there or anything like that so that yeah makes sense yeah so the launch has happened and soon has failed and disheveled he makes his way back home i'm not entirely sure how much time has passed where the launch site is and where his house is so yes okay is the launch site in florida and he lives in california la or does nasa now have a launch pad that's in la um i'm not entirely sure what's going on here but i presume there's been a few hours getting the rocket yeah up in space and he's been able to fly maybe in a private jet back home. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there seems to be a lot of chopping and changing with like how much time has happened in between. Cause you know, what happened to uh, Teresa and Ricardo, you know, they've suddenly disappeared <laughs> and now suddenly soon can travel across the country in a matter of two minutes. Um, but he finds the place trashed, you know, not blown up again, <laughs> blow it up, but there we go. Um, he sees uh, a red line of code uh, on the screen mm. and he finds out that someone is remotely deleting his legacy, everything he's worked on. So not only has he lost the mission, but he's losing his life, his his work. Uh, and then we sort of 
get a move over to Corey sitting in some nondescript library, wearing that prospectus thing and deleting all the programs on his computer. Now, she has the prospectus. We talked about Q has this weird program in the prospectus, not into um, uh, Sung's databases, not in his thing. So the prospectus hasn't been deleted, but everything else has. Um, is Q still alive? That's I'm, I'm still trying to think, is he alive somewhere else? Um, you know, de- was he deleted or was he not deleted? Okay. He was not deleted. Mm-hmm. Although maybe he was, and then they, they wreck on it later on when they think oh that's a way of getting him back <laughs> <laughs> i'll uh, i'll hashtag all the you know the, the star trek writers star trek Picards, and this is how you bring him back you bring him back as a sentient program he's kind of like the the owl to uh, sam beckett yes. in quantum leap he's the thing that only she can see in here um you know that would be helpful um but uh yeah so he's lost everything so now he goes back to his paper files yes. that this is very satisfying for me as a former administrator in the uh, the foreign office. Um, we did this big thing where we moved from paper files to electronic files. And I was part of the team that oversaw the massive transition that way. But there's no way of escaping paper files. And if you do lose something electronically, it's very hard to bring it back. However, a paper file admittedly can be destroyed by fire and chemicals and bling like that. You can always go back to a paper file. Um, so it was quite satisfying to see someone pulling out a paper file. I, yeah, I know. I know it's really weird. I know it's a weird, <laughs> maybe it's a fetish. I don't know. Uh, but he pulls it out and it says Project Khan, June 7th, 1996. Yeah. Um, they went to the Khan well again. Good thing. Bad thing. How was your thoughts? I must admit that Star Trek, is it Into Darkness? Is that the one with him? It's yep, sort yep. of, it's sort of, what's the word? Darkened my perception of Khan. It's, <laughs> it's, it's funny. It's a, it's almost a bit like Brent Spiner. And this is probably like blasphemy to say, but <laughs> I've almost had enough of Brent Spiner being Soong's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I probably, you know, I think I think he's in the in the in the third series, but I think I'll enjoy it. But do you know what I mean? I just like they they keep coming back. I don't know. It's I want new Star Trek characters. Yeah, I don't exclusively want new Star Trek characters. You know, I'm not. You know, some kind of I don't know soulless <laughs> autom- automaton that just wants the new you know just give me new give me new um but i sort of do as well mm. and it's interesting because we've got the bit obviously with wesley coming up yes so they've dropped in this last episode they've dropped two potential sort of teasers for something new saying you know mm-hmm. and and i and in a way, if they do that, then I want it to be fulfilled. Yeah. It would almost be more annoying if they never come back to Khan again or they yeah. never come back to Wesley again. You know, in a way, it would be more annoying because you think, well, what was the point of doing that then? Yes. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, I'm not sure about Khan really. I, 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 I will watch it, obviously. I will yeah. enjoy it. Yeah. But I can't say that it's, I'm clamoring for it. 
uh, I'm a big uh, Ricardo Montalban fan, so yes. I've always enjoyed his performance as Khan. Yeah, I agree. Khan, the character, whilst an interesting idea that there was this superhuman project and that it leads to genetic engineering being outlawed, and there's like a there is a limit to the Federation tolerance of certain things. Khan, the character, okay, yeah, fine, but I don't know why there is this constant pushback. Like, I know financially why. You know, it's one of the most successful movies of all time. Yep. So, of course, they went back to that character. They've gone back again. They've done Into Darkness. They, you know, they want to go back and, and mine that well to make money because it's a popular thing. And people who aren't Star Trek fans will be drawn in. Oh, I, I know Khan. Isn't that a bit where Shatner screams and all that kind of stuff? You know, all that kind of thing. But just going back to it over and over again. Um, I don't know. It kind of feels a bit lazy. Like, yeah. This is some. If this is something they are building up, there is a season where there is uh, Sung in the 21st century becomes what we know will be, and his dynasty, his family will run the augments from here on in, all the way into Enterprise and, and beyond. Um, if they were setting up a series, isn't that something we could have seen later? Like mm. the Khan bit, we know he's coming. We know he works with the Augments. Sung has saying, right, it's time for me to start again. Genetic trials. You know, he's got a little tape recorder, like an old uh, cassette tape recorder, because he doesn't trust his files anymore. So now that's why he's, uh, you know, no longer online. And Corey is some secret agent, or she is the replacement agent for Tallinn, and she's the one who has to stop him. And this is the new Assignment Earth series that we're going to get. I feel like Khan could come later. You know, mention Khan. It's a background bit of information. It's not the driving part of information. Um, Yeah, it just, yeah. I feel like we're being too played to. It's like, oh, you know that word Khan. Oh, get excited. Go, go for it. Okay, fair enough. I want to be excited for other reasons as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But uh, this is where we get the scene. We get Wesley Crusher. Uh, we find out that he is also a traveler now. He's just like the traveler that we saw back in TNG or we'll see in TNG. Um, and that jokes can destroy all of history and civilizations. Yes. So no jokes. So welcome to the Temporal Trek podcast. There are no more jokes. Not that there were probably jokes from me any, at any time or anything like that, but there we go. Um, he works to supervise the fabric of space and time. Knowing when to step in is the tricky part. Yeah. I mean, talk about a setup for a series you know if they're gonna have something going on it seems like they're really hammering it in um is it something you want to see though yes yeah it is yeah for one reason and this is really cruel but one reason because i can see it being across time and stuff and yeah, watching yeah. your face yeah <laughs> <laughs> so that that's just a personal that's a personal reason for wanting it just to see like you know, when they go to 1767 and then 1842 and then 2010 and and you're like, oh my God. Yes. So, I'm sorry. I apologise. But um, that's one reason. The listeners can't see it, but I'm clenching my fist in like, oh God, they're going to do that, aren't they? They're going to go back in time. Um, yeah, I thought I was done with their season one and season two and that's it. But no, they probably will do that. Oh God. Um, <laughs> but... It, yeah, beyond that, yeah. yes, I Is am something? excited. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. 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 I, I, I really like Assignment Earth as an episode, and I think it would have been a really interesting, you know, to have a sort of Star Trek series based sort of on Earth. Mm. So it's like you're not traveling through space, but you've got technology, 
and you're sort of involved in in the sort of the the goings on of the world. Mm-hmm. I quite I like that premise. I, I think it's quite interesting and sort of you know dropping into different places and stuff. And yeah, I I, I think it could be really good. Mm. The only thing I would say, and this is another terrible thing, I'm a I'm a terrible human being basically. <laughs> no, but I I I would rather it wasn't. Um, uh, what's the name? I can't think of a name. Oh, uh, Corey. Corey. The Corey. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because I'm not a fan of Corey as a character. Mm. So, yeah. but, I, I, you know, I'll watch it and I'll enjoy it. We, we've said that before. You know, Corey, the character, feels like it was brought in so that the actress could be brought in yeah. under her contract. And, you know, that was it. It doesn't feel... Well, I mean, it feels organic in that we know that Sung is a geneticist and he would have made, you know, somebody. Um, I don't know. It just there's more to it. I feel like there should have been more to her character. Yeah. An, an episode that, you know, we needed just to fill in a bit more of the background. Um, I felt like we were told her story. We weren't shown yes. her story. Yeah. Um, uh, and I know that's a big thing, you know, you have to show, not tell and all sort of thing. But I think I would have liked that. I would have liked, it would have made it very difficult to rewatch in a temporal trek, but we go back and watch all the birthday parties of all the other clones and we see that backstory as opposed mm. to being having it explained with her yes. talking to herself in front of a computer. Um, you know, and, you know, then DH, uh, Brent Spiner is all, you know, all, all the different versions of himself uh, back in the 70s and 80s and so on. Maybe even meet a Khan, or there's stuff on the newspapers, you know, about a Khan and all this kind of thing. Um, yeah, and Wesley Crusher having Wesley back, having um, uh, you know, Will Wheaton reprise his role but have something different to do. Fun out the blue, where did that come from? What, yeah. what, what are your thoughts? I again, I, I was never a big, big uh, Wesley Crusher fan in TNG. I don't know why really, because it was sort of my age and stuff, and you know, but it, I just wasn't. Mm. Um, but I love, really like um, Will Wheaton, mm-hmm. and I'm really pleased for him. And I, I, I really looking, yeah, I, I think it's great actually. Mm. I think he's got he got quite a bit of stick for this. Yeah, you know, and I don't really know why. You know, I, I don't quite see why. I mean, you know, he. He's obviously not the Wesley Crusher of TNG. Yeah. You know, it's not, you know, so it's not like he's going to be an annoying teenager. <laughs> you know, he's a traveler and stuff. And so I, I no, I'm really pleased. I, I think he'd be great in it. Yeah. Mm. And he's, you know, he's been one of those people that have been really, he obviously loves Trek, mm. you know. So I'm really pleased he's back. Yeah. And I hope he is back. Yeah. No, no I, I, I agree. It, it, I, I was that person. I was the right age to identify with the child in space. Uh, you know, I saw myself on the bridge interacting with all of these adults who were, you know, highly trained and specialised and all this sort of thing. Um, so I fell into that hook, line, sinker. You know, uh, if Gene Br- Roddenberry had like missions for TNG, tick, he did that for me. Um, but uh, if the series is... Wesley pops in every now and then to give her her mission for the season, maybe. And you're only seeing at the beginning at the end, Corey as a character, maybe as a team, a temporal team of agents that could be really interesting. 
Um, and then Sung is their kind of uh, evil mastermind, their Skeletor, and they have to fight against it. And lo and behold, she has this prospectus with a Q who can give her little bits of inf- tidbits of information. So you bring in John Delancey, even just his voice. And he yeah. is like a, a little thing she can hear in her mind when she has got the prospectus on. Um, I think that could be a pretty cool sort of MacGyver, Mission yeah. Impossible, non-Star Trek, Star Trek show. Yeah. Um, and you have aliens who crash land on the planet and threaten to change it. And it's like familiar species, but they're not where we know they are. You know, the first Andorian to crash land on the planet, something like that. Um, I, yeah, I think it could be an interesting premise. It hmm. it probably can't be called Star Trek, but it would be a Star Trek spinoff, I guess. Okay. Um, but oh, no, I, no, they've got to call it Star Trek because <laughs> otherwise you have Enterprise. True. Very true. Yeah. That was one of the, you know, Beyond the the writing and the the theme tune and the you know <laughs> characterizations and and all the other issues there are with Enterprise, <laughs> one of them was it wasn't called Star Trek. <laughs> Maybe Star Travelers. So it's it's half and half. Like it's you Star know we're not at, we're not we're not trekking to the stars. They come to us. So it's a bit like a DS Nine thing. Uh, yeah, I suppose. Um, we do go back to uh, Chateau Picard. Uh, sorry, um, <laughs> Rios has found uh, all of the tech that was left behind, so there's no more butterflies. Um, Ricardo and Teresa are actually in France, so yes. that, that's where they went. How they got there again, is there enough time for them to fly, catch a flight? I don't know, um, but there we go. Um, they talk about staying, and Seven has been uh, reborgified, she's got all of her implants. What are we going to do about money? Rafi tries to, to kid her around and say, you know, don't worry, we'll figure it all out. Picard returns that key, the big key that seemed to be a big focus of his attention last week uh, and puts it back into uh, a space in the wall and places the brick, solidifying his fate that he will open the door for his mother in the future and everything that will happen will happen. And Q says, bravo. And we get the scene basically the two scenes, the Picard and Q that we've been waiting for all of season two, the big reveal, what was the master plan? Uh, Why, you know, uh, has everything happened? They sit down in the glass house, which is still broken. Um, You know, if the key was never found, a boy would still have his mother, but you chose this path. You know thyself, as Q says. Uh, But Picard is saying, like, there's been so much death. You know, it can't just be about me. Um, Talon has died. But Q does sort of say that, well, this is the only timeline where she actually gets to meet Renee and you know, establishes connection. So it kind of brings in, right, that was Talon's story. That's yeah. all about connection. Um, Elnor died and Q just sort of brushes it off. Mm. There's not really a big explanation as to why that's important. Now, I know that things will happen in the future that kind of negate Elnor's death. Um, but at this point, he doesn't try to explain it. So, you know, you could be forgiven that maybe Q knows what the actual outcome is going to be. Picard says why, but then Q asks him to finish the sentence and it's why me. And Q is moving on, but he doesn't want uh, him to die alone. Uh, he's, um, he's like a butterfly with pinned wings. Uh, he's unshackled from the past now. Uh, why does it matter? It's because gods do have favourites. Um, it's... Why must it always have galactic import? It's actually about you. Uh, any thoughts on these two guys uh, sitting down and yeah. having a chat? Yeah, I liked it, actually. 
again, it's a bit, a little bit schmaltzy for me, <laughs> but not, you know, not too bad. Um, I suppose it, it it's nice because it does explain the series, doesn't it? Really? Yeah. It's about Picard and 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 this idea that that Q, you know, is, is his favourite and stuff, which I think actually is quite consistent with yeah. TNG. Really, I don't think it was ever it was ever sort of articulated really, but it certainly the, comes over, especially as it as it goes on and he comes mm. back more and more, and it's more sort of friendly almost, more sort of he's almost just like a sort of pain in the arse really but sort of like your mate that you know is all right but gets a bit leery when he's drunk sort of thing you know and that sort of thing you know he's but he's actually your mate you know and you think oh you know he's put up with him because of that you know um so i think it makes sense you know it's not not one of those situations where it's like where did that come from you know it, mm. it does make sense without ever being articulated before mm. so i quite liked it and, and it does it does give an explanation for the series which mm. is, I think, it needed, yeah. You know, because this whole thing of, you know, Q coming across as sort of evil at the beginning, mm-hmm. and then by the end he sends them back and saves them all. Yeah, there was never, you know, if without that scene, there was sort of no explanation for that, no, un, you know, way of understanding well why, what, what changed sort of thing, and mm. and it was more like he was behaving the way he was as a means to an end rather than, you know, as being an evil Q sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he... He is, yeah, playing favourites with, with Picard. He loves Picard um, uh, in whatever way a, a god can love uh, a mortal, I guess. Um, I don't know. Just, again, we've always been baffled by the the complexity of the season in order to basically fulfill a trauma from his childhood or, or yeah. to, to live out and accept that trauma and maybe then start a recovery from it. Is it believable that a Q would go that far, even for something, you know, that he loves as data says in TNG, you know, uh, akin to a beloved pet is the way that mm. a Q seems to view Picard. Um, you know, is that, is it believable? We've gone through all of season two. And that's how a god would have done it. I think it is in Q's situation. Q is right. dying. Yes, true. Which obviously for Q is is a bit of a surprise, I think, to say <laughs> the least. And something that, you know, that I'm sure changes your perception, even if you are a god. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm. So I think... Um, yeah, I think it does make sense. I, I, you know, it's his last action, isn't it? Yeah, his, you know, his last gift. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and he has the power to, you know, control sort of matter in the universe and stuff. Mm. And this is like, this is a a reflective person, isn't it? Someone mm. that's, you know, rather than someone that just you know feels all powerful. Yeah. Yeah suddenly he's reduced to a mortal mm-hmm. in a way that, you know, never before, you know, so he always had that sort of arrogance about him, you know, I'm, I'm Q. Yeah. You know, yeah. I can do whatever I want. I can go to the, you know, furthest points of the universe or whatever he says it and stuff. And, you know, 
And um, but now suddenly he's not that Q. Yeah. He's, he's that Q to a degree. He still has his powers to a degree. Yeah. But he's he's not that Q, and he's I suppose he's trying to find a reason reason for his life and stuff that maybe mm. he never thought about before. When I think it's a bit like when you're 18, you know, <laughs> life is ahead of you, and you know, and you, and then when you get to 60 or 70, then sort of life's behind you a little bit in a way. And, you know, your perspective changes a bit, I think. What was all that about? Yeah. 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 Yeah, No, I like that. And, you know, because he couldn't click his fingers and just get whatever he wanted, he had to use smarts. He had to use his mind, I guess, to try and figure out the problem and, and, and work out where the dominoes would fall. So what action would cause train reactions and so forth. And like you said, it does explain the whole series for every character, not just Picard. You know, Rios will understand um, himself and where he wants to be in the end of it. Seven will learn about herself. Raffi will forgive herself for getting Elnor into Starfleet. Um, Girati had her own uh, side of things. Elnor was killed off far too early for it to really have any kind of arc for him. Um, Renee was able to find it Talon was able to find it everybody was able to get what they finally needed for their own personal well-being not a galactic important mission as such so yeah it was was all good so he says he has one last surprise and uh, that might have something to do with getting them home so they all meet in the vineyard and Seven, Seven shows up and Q does not acknowledge her one single bit, despite the fact that she actually babysat his son um, uh, in her chronology oh, yeah. a couple of years, like a, a decade ago. Not even like a, oh, my son says hi. Nothing <laughs> like that whatsoever. Um, <laughs> should there have been at least one more scene between Q and Seven, knowing that those characters know each other? Okay, yeah, maybe. Maybe. But no, I, I didn't feel a loss from that. Right. And I hadn't really thought about that, in fact, but maybe if I'd thought about it, I would have done. But no, I think it was okay. I mm. think, yeah, but there should have been some acknowledgement. You're right, definitely. I suppose, you know, then it means that you have to watch too much Voyager to then understand this season. As we've been saying, like, how much Star yeah. Trek do you have to watch first before you get to yeah. the card? Um, Raffi uh, almost chokes out Q. <laughs> she yes. grabs, grabs him by the throat over Elnor. Uh, but he says, I'm going to send him home. So it's not really going to help you to kill me. Rios, however, is not ready to leave. Um, he never fit in in the future. So now he's going to fit in in the past. Yep. Um, I feel that kind of fits with season one from what I remember yep. of the character and everything like yep. that. You know, you know, he lived with five holographic versions of himself, as yes. he says in this scene. Um, that's not a healthy way to live. So maybe he can be a bit more healthy here in an unhealthy yep. world with yep. cigars and real food and peanut butter. Yep. Uh, did it ring true for you? Yes, it did. I don't know what else I think about that, really. I mean, it just, it made sense. It mm. was, I didn't question it at all. I didn't sort of think, why would he do that? It, the whole series, the whole season has built up to that, really, in lots of ways. Mm. It was almost inevitable from the beginning, almost. So, no, it made perfect sense to me. Mm. We, we said it a few weeks ago, you know, after the warp factor flirting with Dr. Teresa, there was yeah. no way he was going back. Yeah. Um, Picard talks about making a good future. Uh, time's a funny thing. And Q yeah. sort of likes that phrase. It's, you know, yes, it is. It is really a funny thing. Um, Picard gives him a hug. And that's yes. the way they say goodbye. I kind of feel like that was both 
Picard and Q, but that was also uh, Stuart and Delancey yeah. maybe having a final scene together. Um, yeah. You know, I, I remember there was an interview with Delancey once and said that actually they didn't really interact very much outside right. of their scenes as okay. actors. But after what? 20 years of yeah. being associated with each other there must have been more times where they met up so yeah, yeah that's their final chance to act on scene as two characters that they've been for ages and yeah. so he says he'll see him out there uh, a call forward to the first episode of tng as picard says let's find out what's out there and yep. click because yep. uh, q has some magic left over just at the very end just to send them all back home presumably, because I won't see that for another few years to come. Uh, decades, if uh, the plan still goes to head. Yes. Uh, at 34 minutes and 11 seconds, the episode ends. Um, if you're going to be going on to um, uh, season two, you've obviously got 2024 still to come. There's still two more episodes to look into on this podcast. Um, or you can then come forward with us and we'll go back to Enterprises. This is the last Picard. But before we move on, any other thoughts on the episode itself? I really enjoyed it. And again, I think I probably enjoyed it more than when I first watched it during the, you know, when it, when it came out. Mm. Um, it felt a very satisfying episode to me. Yeah. Very complete, very sort of finished. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Mm. Yeah. There are, there are elements that I would change or I want to yeah. see more from. Um, I wanted them to blow up the drones, but, <laughs> um, you know, there's, there is enough, of an explanation given by Q at the end to justify or at least let your mind try and work out what happened throughout the season. You could go back and say, um, reapply what he said to the season. Yeah. I feel there's enough. Yeah. It might take a bit of mental gymnastics, a little bit of flip-flopping, try and figure out what exactly the connection is there. But yeah. overall, I think it worked. So at this point, before we move into the review of the episode itself, yeah. thoughts on the season based on this finale you know completely did they drop the ball at some points and does this season finale make up for it do you feel like it it managed to pull off a decent arc and story i really enjoyed this season i know it's got a lot of hate mm. and i don't really understand why it's not perfect yeah not by a long way mm. you know but then you know which other than maybe the end of ds9 mm what Star Trek is perfect, mm-hmm. you know, really. But I thought it was an enjoyable story. Mm-hmm. I thought it was well-paced generally. I thought, you know, the story, it didn't, there wasn't any, I don't think there was any sort of major things where you think, well, that doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. I mean, again, there are moments when you think, you know, why did they do that? Or, you know, why did they spend a, an episode in Shadow Picard being chased by a Borg? That's my main <laughs> but overall i don't think it was it was it was a long way from awful certainly mm. i thought it was pretty good yeah. much much better than the first series yes yeah and i think um i, I yeah i really enjoyed it i don't see what the, the hatred is if i'm honest mm. it's uh, i don't know it, it's maybe something to do with the nature of it being filmed now it maybe didn't feel as Star Trekky to people that you know it should be in space. It should be about mm. um, you know space adventures and all this sort of stuff. But ultimately, we've had time travel before. We've had lots of time travel before, as we are well aware in this podcast. So that 
doesn't hold up for me. I've seen people say that the, the characters didn't quite fit the season one version of them, but characters evolve, characters change. Yeah. I didn't see that problem. Q's explanation that it is a personal journey. It's not the galactic import. You know, all the time travel stuff was actually Picard's fault, really, yeah. because he chose to, to time travel. If he hadn't, maybe things would have just worked out anyway. Um, there wouldn't yeah. have been a real reason to, to do anything. Um, Q wouldn't have had to have sent Sun to then try and get Renee to you know, not go on the rocket and all this sort of thing. Um, so it all kind of fits together. There are, like you say, plot holes. It's not perfect. Yeah. It's not... It's not my favourite of all the offerings um, of the latest amount of Trek. So, uh, you know, you've got your Lower Decks, you've got your Prodigy, you've got your Strange New Worlds, you've got Picard and Discovery. It's not my favourite of all of those. I've enjoyed yep. some other elements more. That's not to say it's a bad thing. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it's funny because I think this second season actually is one of my favourites. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, of of all think... of that, of all the pantheon. There. Well, of the new the new stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. I mean, I think probably season one of of Strange New Worlds. Mm -hmm. I thought that was really good. Mm -hmm. It'd be really interesting to rewatch that actually. Mm. You know, to go back on that and, and rewatch the episodes. But as a sort of having watched it through, I really really enjoyed it. I thought it was very good. Mm. But I think Picard season two is probably the second. Second, really. Yeah, I'm trying to think what else you know. I, 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 Discovery, I've got some real issues with. <laughs> Lower decks, it's just too much for me. I haven't yeah. even started watching season two, uh, season three yet. Mm -hmm. It's good. So I, I enjoyed that. Been, I have to say, I've been playing the game though. Funny enough, have you played? Uh, it yet? Yeah, the yeah, yeah. So I'm playing the game, but I haven't been watching the series. <laughs> um. And so, and, and and Prodigy, yeah, I sort of like it, but it hasn't, it's funny, it hasn't sort of cemented itself with me yet. Mm. So actually, Picard season two is right up there for me mm. with a new track. Um, yeah, so I don't, I, yeah, I just don't get, I think maybe, you know, people love Picard, don't they? They love the yeah. character. You know, a lot of people grew up on TNG mm. and it was sort of really special and all the rest of it. And maybe they feel he's been let down in some way, but I, I can't, again, I can't really see that personally. So and, it's an, an expectations thing. So you feel that maybe people yeah, maybe, had maybe, too yeah. high an expectation. Yeah. You know, and Picard is such a beloved character, mm. which I understand, you know, but I don't know. I, I just don't think it was as bad as people seem to think it was. Yeah, and uh, I, I know the, the big criticism uh, was uh, that Picard isn't acting like Picard, that he is seems out of character. And I, I we haven't seen that evidence. As we've been talking, scene by scene, yeah. there have been genuine explanations as to why he may be different, but that's just because he's 20 years older, that people change. It's a believable character yeah. progression. Um, of course, he's yeah. not going to be exactly the same because he is an older man. It, it, I don't know. The voice is different, of course, because... Patrick Stewart yeah. is different. You know, he's older. Yeah. Um, you know, the projection might be off. It might not be exactly the same thing, but this is a man who closed himself off to Starfleet for 10 years, according to the internal in canon chronology. Um, yeah. It, to me, looking back on these scenes, it was a pleasure to rewatch them. It was. Um, and that is a big thing for me. Uh, 
Whether you've heard me over on Epsilon 3 when we're reviewing Babylon 5, if an episode feels like a slog the second time around to make notes, I really don't like the episode. Uh, and that wasn't the case in this episode. Last week it probably was because of the shuffling around Shadow Picard. This week it didn't feel that way. And then going back for the whole season, I have every now and then gone back for certain episodes, the first two episodes of this season, and not watching it in a Temple Trek way and enjoyed it. Um, I have to say, I haven't even felt the need, the compulsion, the desire for Discovery just yet. Um, I have right. gone back for Prodigy because I've watched it and then I've watched it with my kids. And yeah. we have gone back and watched some of the episodes. Um, Lower Decks and Strange New Worlds are the ones that I've actively gone back and rewatched. Like okay. not 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 on reason needed or anything like that. I just oh I, I think I'll watch that you know Memento Mori from Strange Worlds or I'll watch Spock and Muck or you know I've actually gone back without even thinking about it and just put it on because okay. it, I had I spare you know, half an hour whilst I was cooking. You know I feel like that's that's something to be said for this episode. I haven't quite yeah. done that with Picard and season two, but it's been midway through. So I, I'd say it's probably middle level for me in the new yeah. offerings at the moment. Again, not to say that anything below that is bad. Again, we're not saying that. Uh, just that if I was to say where my preferences lie, it's yeah. that that end. Um, but yeah, that's that's season two, Picard, at least the 2024 yes. elements. Uh, obviously, we will yeah. come to episode one and two of this season in many, many years to come. Yes. Uh, and a couple of the flashbacks I'm sure have to happen before we watch season two. I'm sure. Yeah, so, yeah. <sighs> There's one with Raffi and Elnor. I think I seem to remember that we had to go, go with. Um, yeah, but that's it for the episode. So, as always, we start to move into our ratings criteria, and the first one is C. As I said at the beginning of the episode, for continuity, just this episode. What does it set up that possibly affects the future of Starfleet to come? Well, basically, it changes the entire future, doesn't it? It, well, it doesn't change. It it, it maintains the entire mm -hmm. future. Mm -hmm. It also returns Picard, etc., back to their future or their present, really. Um, so it's it's quite pivotal, really, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The fact that Rene takes off means that the future rem remains the same. So it's it's quite important, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. And there's no reason to think that they're going back to a slightly altered future no it might be the good future that they've been aiming for but it's not some sort of weird timey-wimey different one where yeah. there's a few extra bits of information uh, q does have enough information to send them back into the future so he had that that clickability so you'd yeah. think that if there was anything wrong he would have corrected it with the last ounce of his being or his, his energy before dying um so you can't really think of anything being altered or changed this is how it was always supposed to be. It's just us learning how it happened. I suppose the only thing is with um, Girati. Mm -hmm. So when we go, I oh, know we can't talk about that, can we? <laughs> this is the temple trek. It's like I yes. know there are things. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. So forget about that then. Yeah. Nothing <laughs> happens with Girati. Don't worry about it. Girati is going off. I mean, we did say in the episode. Does that mean there are now two collectives out in space? But maybe there are always two collectives, and we just didn't really know. Um, maybe we'll find out something else when we get there. Um, but this is the annoying thing about Temple Trek is that we can say we've watched it. We know exactly what's about to happen, that they go back to the, the big sort of battle with the Borg 
uh, the, from the last one. But at the moment, ah, there's nothing we can do. There's nothing we can do. Uh, we're still just talking about 2024. Um, yeah. So, yeah, cons- consequences, continuity, that's pretty much all we've got. Uh, alterations now. Alterations, expansions. It doesn't have to mean that we have to change the whole episode. It's just as a viewer, was there something else we were expecting or something else we want to learn more about? Was there something that was just thrown away as a little sideline and we thought, oh, well, that could be interesting? Well, not really. I thought this was a pretty decent episode and, and pretty complete for me. I didn't mm-hmm. feel like it was a glaring thing. I suppose the two things are Project Khan and Wesley. Yeah. Yeah. They're not really alterations, but they're, you know, expansions, I suppose. Is, is the expansion going to be new series? True. You know, so could, you know, what what would you, you know, what would you want from the Khan series? What would you want from the, I think we've talked a little bit about the Wesley Crusher one, really. Yeah. But what would well, you want from the Khan series? I mean. Well, I mean, ensuring that Brent Spiner has a job. I mean, you've got, <laughs> you have to make him a son, um, unfortunately. Uh, if it was, if his story is part of the the secret agents and the operations, and he is kind of their skeletor, yeah. I think that could be interesting. That would be more interesting than just having a dedicated Khan series and a yeah. dedicated uh, assignment okay. Earth series. Yes, yes. Amalgamate the two. We now have Rios with Teresa and Ricardo, who yep. also now know about the future, so they could be working with Corey, and they become yeah. the super team, the super spy uh, agent team. Um, you know have other aliens and have everything all coming together and then that explains why Sung then disappears or creates his dynasty is it the fact that actually every Sung we've seen is actually a clone of Adam Sung and not a son because that would yes. make sense to me and that he, he, the only way he can finish his project is by hundreds of years of genetic mm. um, research so when we meet Arik Sung in Enterprise in the years to come is that actually just Adam Sung just changed off um uh, yeah it could be interesting i i remember hearing like vague mutterings that there was going to be a khan retrospective series yes i've sort of heard that as well but that seems to just disappear every now and then yeah and yeah. i'm not entirely sure why that could be fun done as a one-off maybe six yep. part you know series never to be seri- serialized uh, as you know when they do like a a alt history you know, in the 60s, this is what was actually happening, but this is what the real story was. And they do it kind of in a fun, tongue-in-cheek kind of way. That could be interesting. Yeah. But again, I don't really want them to return to the Khan well too much. There are still other stories to be told, I guess. Yep. But they did say there's two seasons coming up. As we're recording this, mm. there are two series yet to be announced. Star Trek Day is two days away from now. Yes. So on Thursday, maybe that's what they'll announce. What would you want as a series? I really like your idea of mixing the two, actually. I hadn't thought of that, but I really like that. You know, that sort of, that Sung is the sort of the bad guy and, and he's trying to to sort of resurrect the whole Khan project and stuff. And, you know, and that's going to, if he does that, then that will destroy the timeline in some way. And the whole sort of series is about, you know, trying to stop him achieving that although i guess that maybe is a bit of a rehash of what we just watched really in a way <laughs> um so maybe that's not quite such a good idea um yeah i don't know i mean i would really like 
I don't know what. There's lots flying about, isn't there? There's lots of these sort of you know possible things. I'd quite like a bit of a curveball, actually. Something that we haven't, you know, because we're sort of expecting a Wesley Crusher thing. Yeah, we're yeah. sort of expecting Khan now. Yeah. We're, we're sort of expecting an academy or not a Starfleet Academy. I, I think that, you know, Section 31. I'd quite like if they just throw in a bit of a curveball for us. Mm. Something that hasn't surfaced as yet. Mm. You no, know, something that's sort of like, I mean, again, I don't know. I mean, you know, what it would be, but something that is brand new. Totally really. out of left field. There's no yeah. no setup. You can't say, oh, they yeah. were setting up in Discovery Season 4. Of exactly, course. yeah. Yeah, not like the Voyager J series. Yeah, something yeah. like that's already been mentioned. So, you know, that's yeah. something they could do. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. So I'd, I'd, yeah, because, I, I mean, none of the potentials, the, 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 I think the Wesley Crusher one is the one I'd most like to see. Because hmm. I do, I like that whole sort of, you know, sort of what's the what's the word I'm looking for? Sort of spy, sort of you know thing going on. You know, sort of working in the background and all that sort of stuff. And yeah. you know that sort of thing where they almost like I quite like the idea of sort of heists. You know, where they manipulate the the thing. You know, they're yep. in the background and no one realizes, but they've been manipulating it all the time. You know, that, that sort thing. of stuff. Yeah, so I, that I would probably be the one that. I would most like to see. I think. Yeah, I'm with you on heists, although I would say, please, not too many heists for the sake of Temple Trek. But there we go. Uh, yeah. No, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Because you could then have Renee coming back. You could have her as a cameo as the, you know, with the weird thing that she brought back, the the yeah. life form that she brings back. You've got Guinan still on Earth at that point as well, running the bar. So that's where their meet out is. So yeah. you've got a lot of characters there that could all become part of that Wesley Crusher story. Um, or nothing at all, and actually don't use any of them, and it's just Corey, just Will Wheaton's um, Wesley Crusher traveller character, and nothing else that relates to season two, Picard, and we go something else. I, I don't know what it could be, but is she going to go to other planets and be there, Gary yep. Seven, maybe? Yep. I don't know. Um, yeah, so there's a lot there. Um, so recommendations. Now, first, we're just going to do this at just this episode. Recommendation to Star Trek fan and non-Star Trek fan for just the finale, just episode 10. I don't think you can. You know, it's it's so interwoven that you just can't recommend it as a... I, what I would do is I would recommend it is if you watch the season mm-hmm. and you switch on the telly and it's on, I would recommend you watch it. Yeah. Because I think it's a good episode. Yeah. But you would have already had to have watched the season already to, to do that. Mm-hmm. New Star Trek fans, no, definitely not. Because, again, you know, it, I mean, you, you, not only do you not know what's happened in the rest of the season, you don't know what's happened in TNG or, or Voyager or, you know, it, it just it doesn't make any sense. Really. I mean, it, I think it's pretty decent television. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's no point in, in watching that one. I wouldn't recommend that one. Yeah. As the season itself, then, so taking into account just the 2024 elements of the season, um, is it enough for Star Trek fans and is it enough for non Star Trek fans? I think it's definitely enough for Star Trek fans because it brings back Picard or it extends Picard's story, it brings back Seven, you know, 
So there's lots to like about it. And I think, and again, as I said before, I think it's actually a pretty decent season. Mm. So I think, yeah, definitely recommend it to Star Trek fans. Non-Star Trek fans, then probably not, because again, you know, there's just too much backstory that you don't, I mean, you don't have to know it, Mm. but almost what's the point of caring about Picard (laughs) if you don't know TNG? I mean, that's the whole reason that this, this exists, isn't it? Yeah. No, without TNG, there'd be no Picard season because no one would be interested. Mm. So, no, for non-Star Trek fans, no. But what I would say is maybe, you know, start to re-watch the stuff that will lead you to this. Yeah. But then again, can you really recommend season one of TNG? <laughs> That's the, the big thing we've been coming up against. Whether yeah. it's this or whether it's all the other episodes of Star Trek, it's like... Season one of TNG was rough. That's rough going. <laughs> it's so it's so much more of its time than even the nineteen yes. sixties TOS series. Yes, in lots of ways I agree. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot harder to watch, and I don't know why. Yeah. Um, yeah. For just the episode, I would recommend to Star Trek fans because I think it's a really good. It, it's uh, part of the character for Q. It's a good way of saying goodbye between Picard and Q, and the other characters all seem to work pretty well to what we've been establishing throughout the whole season to non-star trek fans no and as for the exact same reasons you have just the 2024 bits there are still elements that happen in the first two episodes of the season before they time travel that you still need to watch first yeah like you couldn't you couldn't watch like when we did with uh voyage home uh when they time travel to 1980s there's enough of the romp the story the heist Mm. of finding the whales that you could just watch the 1986 stuff without having to watch them time traveling up to that bit and then going back and saving the world afterwards. There's enough there of a, it's a movie in and of itself. Hmm. 2024, there are still little bits that you need to have watched first to understand as an entirety. Yes, I suppose that's true, isn't it, really? To Star Trek fans, it makes perfect sense because you already know loads of character background, but to non-Star Trek fans, I think it would be a tough sell to just go for this um season two in entirety whether you're watching it temporal trek way or not um again it relies too heavily for non-star trek fans on tng and voyager because you do have seven in there as well um so yeah it's overall for star trek fans i think picard season two works for non-star trek fans it's a tough sell it would be a lot of background reading and research before you can get into it so i think we're okay i think we're in consensus there on that one yeah um uh, that's it for recommendations so okay uh right what we do with the last one is uh sale and set up so where can people find you dan they can find me on twitter i lurk on twitter <laughs> <laughs> at academic trek 47 i have got plans for more episodes <laughs> i say this every week what i might do is i might just record a bit <laughs> and then just, just send it over to you. So I haven't got to do this bit at the end every week. I just send it, just just play that again. Same <laughs> same difference. I have plans for more episodes. <laughs> They're coming soon. I promise. Well, I mean, jokes uh, can destroy civilization. So if we have it as a nice straight laced, you know, I am here. This is my Twitter handle. Nothing else. Yes. Yep. Fair enough. Fair enough. No, I am looking forward to Academic Trek coming back. Oh, and I cannot wait. <laughs> Whenever you are ready, though, sir, do not force yourself. Um, yeah. 
Uh, for me, obviously, you know, Temple Trek, Nexus Knight spin-off. And if you're not already listening, you've got Epsilon 3 with Babylon 5 rewatch. And you've got the Cosmic Pizza podcast, which is just general chit chat. Um, and that's pretty much it. So setting up for yes. the next episode. Now, I say next episode. Bear with me. Uh, if you are watching in chronological order, you are going to be carrying on with this um, uh, podcast. You are going to go into season two, episode three point eight as we go to what's called nasty narratives where it's cisco's turn to time travel to 2024 and we find out about the bell riots and you've got two of one of my favorite episodes from ds9 actually i do love past tense however if you are not uh sticking with season two and you are a seasoned veteran of temple trek podcast join us all the way back in season three and we are coming in at season three episode 46 of the podcast but season two episode 20 of enterprise we're going back it's a long road getting from here to there Um, we are watching horizon travis has an episode to himself oh my god will he live up to it who knows (laughs) who knows but yeah, we're coming back at a Travis episode, so this should be quite interesting. But yeah, that is Temple Trek for you guys. Um, yeah, either carry on with season two or carry on at season three, wherever you're coming in. Time travel away. And that's it. Thank you uh, so much to everybody for listening throughout the summer to our Picard season two jump back. And uh, we'll catch you whichever episode you're coming back to. And we'll see you in the next time stream. We certainly will. If you'd like to contact the show, there's now a Twitter account. Search Temporal Trek Podcast at Rider underscore Coattail or contact me directly at Hitch underscore Daniel. I'm also on Instagram, Daniel underscore Hitch underscore Writer. There's also a website with all of the timestamps you need to follow along. Go to ridingcoattails.simplesite.com and click the Temporal Trek page link. The show is always going to be free, there's no Patreon at all. But, if you wish to financially contribute to the show, feel free to find my books by searching me, Daniel Hitch, on Amazon. And we'll catch you in the next time stream. Ta-da! And... You've really got the hang of this now, haven't you? <laughs> it's not that I spent six weeks over the summer holidays thinking I need to hit record. I need to hit record. I can't let, <laughs> I can't let Dan down again. I'm not doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> um,